Isaiah 61, verse 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to grant to those who mourn in Zion, to give to them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a faint spirit, that they may be called of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. They shall build up the ancient ruins. They shall raise up the former devastations. They shall repair the ruined cities, the devastations of many generations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, we're continuing these Advent readings. Um, this is an in- interesting Advent passage. It, it really speaks to the mission and uh, I would say the work of Christ that he came to do. Uh, what are your thoughts on the passage, Barrett? Well, anytime you come to a passage like this, it, it is always good to understand the context of kind of what's going on. So the book of Isaiah is a very interesting book. In chapters 1 through 39, basically Isaiah is talking to Israel and then but he predicts that there is this exile that is to come and it's going to come a couple of hundred years after Isaiah. But he predicts that there's this exile that's going to come. In chapter 40, he changes and he starts speaking to the exiles. So it's almost like this prophetic word that's being spoken to those who are in exile in Babylon, right? way out into the future. And that's why Isaiah can be an extremely difficult book to understand if you don't understand kind of that basic thing. And so from from Isaiah 40 on, he's kind of speaking to these exiles. And I have no doubt that in Babylon you know, <coughs> Daniel and his friends and guys like that are going to read Isaiah and they're going to, they're going to be comforted by his words and, and he's going to talk about, uh, like in right. chapter Could 62, we have gladness again, yeah, Could- Zion's coming salvation. God's going to act on our behalf again and, and all these things. And so you come to this passage that you just read and you can imagine like these exiles who are sitting in Babylon thinking, wow, I can't wait until whoever this is talking about is going to come and liberate the captives, open uh, the opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, uh, to grant to those who mourn in Zion and give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. So, so they would have read this passage and, and, and been greatly comforted. Now, but this passage was not to be fully fulfilled until Jesus himself came. Right. And so in Luke 4, uh, you know, the famous time when Jesus is in the in the in the temple and he grabs a scroll and he starts to read this passage. But he's not just reading the passage, he's actually reading it about himself. Well, and then you know, he, when he finishes reading the passage, he says, Today, this has been fulfilled in your hearing. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting about that passage, not to like talk, talk about that passage, they're excited at first hmm. until then he right. starts saying, you know, God healed Naaman. And then they're like, wait a second. And so hmm. he, he's, um, basically what he's describing is 
how you, and we talked about this a few days ago, how you understood the Messiah to come and what you understood the kingdom of God to be, Right. you kind of missed the point on it. Right. Because I think some people would have thought maybe this is being fulfilled with like Nehemiah and Ezra and that crew. You know, right. that's what, that was the study that we've just obviously been in the fall. But of course, it's not fully full, right? It, 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 mm. it, it they are under the oppression of other enemy nations. Um, so there's kind of a, I would say, in one sense, yes, God returns favor to His people; they're able to return to the homeland. They're not in the the depths of exile in Babylon, but it, it hasn't really, they haven't fully been let out yet. And I would even say now we're kind of in that now. Some of this. We've experienced some of this and some of this partially, but we haven't experienced all of this. Hmm. And there's even an interesting part, and you and I were talking about this, what Jesus read, he stops at the first phrase of verse two Hmm. when he goes to the Nazareth synagogue. Yeah. Uh, And there's a comma there. And and I've heard Bruce Ware say, um, you know, we're in the comma. We <laughs> right <laughs> right now. The, it's the time of the comma. And uh, and uh, but he's right. I mean, it, yeah. It, it, yeah. So what does it say there? I, I don't want to talk about that. So in verse two, it it, it says uh, it says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. And so Jesus, when he picks up the scroll he actually leaves this part out the day of vengeance of our God. He just stops. He just stops. And so basically what he's, what, what he's saying is like, that's a second advent thing. You talked about the first advent of Jesus and the second advent a few days ago. And so this is the, this is what he's saying that like the day of vengeance of our God is going to come on that second advent when Jesus comes as the conquering King. It's not in his, his earthly ministry, um, the first advent that he brings the day of vengeance of God. And so, yeah, I think that's a very interesting thing to talk about because I think when we read the prophets, I think we have to understand that some of the messianic prophecy is fulfilled in the first coming. And I would say, you know, in varying degrees of fullness, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the messianic prophecy is fulfilled in not until the second coming, right? Um, in varying degrees of fullness. So, for example, you know, uh, verse four, even um, they shall build up the ancient ruins. I mean, I would say that that's being uh, fulfilled. Right. And, and now, what are the cities of God now? Right. Well, they're they're where the people of God are. You yeah. know, and so the cities of God are now global. There's people of God in every city. So we want Atlanta to be a city of God. We want to mm. we want to build up the devastation of what sin has done in Atlanta back here. Um, but there's going to be an ultimate fulfillment of that, right? When like the new Jerusalem comes and the right. great city of God is fully manifested. So mm. I think that's a good kind of clue on how to read mm. the prophecies of the old Testament. They, there, there's some, there's oftentimes an immediate kind of fulfillment. And so in this case, I would say the, those that were captive coming back from the land of Babylon, that was more of the immediate fulfillment, even though it was very impartial, it was very not full. There was a greater fulfillment in the coming of the Messiah Jesus, and there's even a greater fulfillment yet to come in the second coming of Jesus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I I, I did want to point out uh, in verse three, it says that they may be called oaks of righteousness. I just love that phrase, oaks of righteousness. 
And I kind of had the thought, like, if you had to choose a tree to describe your faith in God right now, what, what kind of tree would it be? You know, my kids and I, when we lived in Indonesia, we used to plant papaya trees. And I, I, I just love these papayas that we could grow. And, and actually, you can grow papayas like really fast. So like from seed to fruit was like maybe eight months. Wow. Whereas like a mango tree is going to take like three years or more just to start to bear the first fruit. Is your, is your table mango? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. made out of mango. Okay. Uh, it's definitely not made out of papaya. Yeah, yeah. Because papaya trees, even though they bear fruit very quickly, they're very fragile trees. It's a right. very soft wood. It's very small um, in in diameter. And um, you would not want to be a papaya tree of righteousness. These are like oaks of righteousness, like a rock solid, yeah. stable, steady tree yes. that is firmly planted in the ground. And so I think it's an interesting question. Like if you had to choose a tree to describe like where you are in the Lord right now, what would that tree be? You know, is a little wind and a little storm going to come and, and you're going to be knocked over? Or are you an oak of righteousness? I want to be an oak of righteousness. Yeah, it, it, it's funny you bring that up. Um you know, so there's a beautiful, huge oak right behind my house. It's my favorite tree, like in the world. Yeah. Cause I'm so, it's, it's such a close friend now. I mean, right. I know it so well. And when we do our little family devotional time, like if you're sitting there on the couches in my living room, if y'all been to my house, like you can just look right out the window and it's right there. And so mm. I use this kind of tree language. I mean, the Bible uses this tree language right. all the time with my kids. I'm like, be like that, like be so strong like that. Mm. And, and that's what I want to be obviously yeah. for myself too. That's it's a awesome. good word. For Barrett Fisher, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.